The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 331 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is... What family caregivers should know about digital patient engagement and why it matters. Now, digital patient engagement means, at least it means to me, enabling patients to possess, manage and share their own electronic health records. And it also means that patients' health records match as closely as possible the electronic medical records held by their family physicians. Now, more and more, electronic medical records are relied on by family physicians, nurse practitioners, and other healthcare providers, many of whom may have their own particular record systems. That's why patients having their own health records is more and more important. More and more blood tests, ultrasounds, and prescriptions, along with so many other important items of health information about us, the patient, are held in electronic form. But they're not always held in one electronic place. That's why patients having their own health records is more and more important. More and more hospitals are sending patients home quickly after treatment. Family caregivers are increasingly involved in caring for a family member who's been sent home quickly after hospital treatment. And that's why patients' family caregivers having access to their family members' health records is more and more important. And more and more family members are being cared for at home by their family caregivers are living with serious mental or physical illnesses or severe disabilities or who are at the end of their lives. That's why digital patient engagement that works reliably and safely is more and more important to family caregivers and their family members, which is why our topic What family caregivers should know about digital patient engagement and why it matters is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Dr. Wendy Graham. Now, Wendy is CEO of MyHealth, that's M-I-H-E-A-L-T-H, Global Systems, Inc., which specializes in secure provider patient communication, health system integration, and personal health records. She's had a decorated career over her last 30 years as a practicing physician and healthcare reformer. The former lead physician of North Bay's Blue Sky Family Health Team, she's described or been described as an influential physician in primary care reform and collaborative care models in Canada and has received numerous awards 
for her dedication to primary care reform. Her awards include the College of Family Physicians of Canada's Dr. Jean-Pierre Despin Award, the Distinguished Service Award from the Ontario Medical Association, and Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II Golden Jubilee Award. And she holds an assistant professorship at the Northern Ontario School of Medicine and runs her part-time family practice in North Bay, Ontario. So welcome to the show, Wendy. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Now, Wendy, please explain digital patient engagement to us, please. Well, I think you did an excellent introduction. And if I could maybe take it to a very basic level, it may help people understand We're really grappling with a very large elephant, and we touch the trunk and the ear and the tail. People will hear words like interoperability and patient portals. But if you think of a book, and on the left-hand side of the page, the hospitals and the doctors have all your digital information in large databases. They have your labs for your whole life. They have all of your drugs. They have all of your x-rays. And these are integrated for the doctors and the hospitals to look at. A patient engagement digital piece means that this data is pushed over to the individual so that they can read it, go and look at it, and understand it, and have two pieces, a longitudinal record, lifelong record, that they carry in their hands as a mobile device or on the Internet through a web, And the second is that they have critical summary bits of data, such as your allergies or an alert that we should be aware of that you, in fact, have diabetes. The idea here is that with this information that you now own, manage, and carry, you can measure how to be a partner in healthcare. And these approaches... Sorry, these approaches are, can be uh, improved on by adding devices that can measure things like your blood pressure, your weight, or your pulse. Right. Very clear. Wendy, I want to change now and ask you about your work as a CEO or as the CEO of My Health Global Systems, Inc. Please tell us about this work. Wendy? Well, um, as I say to my friends in medicine, I've kind of changed sides I started the company as a concept in 2009 and was quite saddened to hear that if you copied records and gave them to the patients, that was legal. But if you copied, digitalized, and pushed records to patients' mobile devices, their homes, their family and friends, it was really problematic with the regulators. So when my own daughter became critically ill in a small remote area of Canada and we could not explain to the physician some of the key issues that should have been addressed to save her life, um, I decided I'm going to make sure that people have all of their information in their hands and at their fingertips for any emergency or any day-to-day interaction with any provider anywhere in the world. And really, that strong desire to allow patients to have their information and allow these systems that you refer to to talk to each other uh, became my goal and vision for the company. And just to be clear, what you're talking about is a device, maybe it's a bit like a mobile phone, maybe it is one of those, that people hold in their hand, which has their uh, health record, their personal health record in it. Have I understood that correctly? Yes, but you can have access to your healthcare record on the Internet 
through a web entry in a cafe or on any tablet uh, or any type of tablet or any type of mobile phone, you know, a Samsung or an iPad or an Android. The idea here is that you have uh, vendor uh, agnostic access to your records, however you wish to carry them, through multiple channels. Right. Very important. Yeah. Now, Wendy, I want you to tell us about the services that your company, you, your company, My Health Global Systems, Inc., actually provides. Wendy? For the patient, there are really five services. Uh, the first begins once you're registered, much like going online for online banking, a two-way bidirectional messaging system with the staff of your office that is participant or your pharmacy and yourself. And you can send these messages an unlimited number of characters. The second is um, home monitoring with a, with a chronic disease or wellness system, as we call it, weight scales, pulse oximeters, blood pressure cuffs, really are the most popular devices. But we have some new cool uh, things such as heart patches that monitor your, your rate. The next uh, component is a care plan that you and your family may agree on with many providers. And this is really a standardized approach to how to manage different types of difficulties with very highly needs patient and very difficult, sad situations. And you can see everybody's comments to coach through difficult times. Uh, the other uh, important piece is what we talked about at the beginning, and that is the pushing of data in an exact replication of what's in the hospital or the doctor's electronic medical record directly to you so that you can read it. So, for example, you are actually looking at the data presented online uh, the same way the doctor's office reads it. So you would see that you have a throat infection or a culture has come back from your urine, and you can see what bug it is. It may be an E. coli bug and that it's actually sensitive to a simple antibiotic such as penicillin. And this really empowers patients to take this information, usually on their mobile devices, to a walk-in clinic, hold it up and say to the physician, I have a bladder infection. Would you please prescribe me penicillin? So it's a pretty exciting but very disruptive technology. Yes. Now, I'm going to go back to something you said about your motivation, and that is that you personally, as a family, were faced with a very difficult and challenging medical situation involving your daughter. Yeah. And that led you, your experience, in effect, as a family caregiver, led you to this developmental work, which you've now described to us, to deliver these services, to respond to these actual needs. Now, in that sense, I'm going to ask you this. Without that, stimulus, if, you, if I can put it that way, of your own personal family caregiving experience. Do you think this would have happened? Do you think you would have gone into this work? Well, you are the only person that's ever asked me that. What a tough question. I think that it was very discouraging because the New England Journal of Medicine this January documented a 40-year history of resistance by payors and physicians primarily to allow patients to truly engage in a meaningful way with their health care, I think because of fear of reprisal, perhaps litigation. So this particular feeling of vulnerability, helplessness, uh, and my daughter nearly, nearly having a very serious adverse outcome 
spurred me on, uh, much like sand in your shoes. Uh, I realized that I had to do something, and I couldn't wait. And I think it's a little, it's a, it's, it's a very difficult uh, thing to challenge governments, challenge the profession, and challenge the technology people because everyone wants to keep control in their silos. And hence, patients are the last on the list. And it's time we all stood up collectively to make that sound that we need to have the information. So, just very quickly, it's right to say that, in effect, you're empowering patients. That's right, isn't it? Absolutely. We are giving them information they previously didn't see. And although the research is still early, everything says that patients are very reasonable, very happy, and the outcomes and the quality of care delivered for those patients are much better. And these are the own measurements that are used by government, um, by the industry, and by the providers. So it's quite the contrary to the worry that most of the naysayers have had. The results are very good. Excellent. Now, I have to uh, look after something, which is to say we have to pay the rent, which is what I like to say. It's time for us to take a short break. So we're going to do that now. And here it is. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Dr. Wendy Graham. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We'll be back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Absurd Psychology. Straight answers without all the bull. Hosted by Dr. Gary Bell. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week. Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Wendy Graham. Our topic is, 
what family caregivers should know about digital patient engagement and why it matters. Wendy, now let's talk about the ways in which the services provided by your company, My Health Global Systems, work for patients and for their family physicians. So, Wendy, first question, how do the services work with and for patients? Wendy? Well, the services for the patients allow are twofold. The first uh, is a patient who has a physician using My Health may enroll, and once they've enrolled, the system populates if the doctor is using an integrated EMR that works with My Health. All of the patient's information automatically downloads it, and the patients are able to look up their results, begin to securely message the, the doctor, and Skype the clinic if they're involved in video counseling and consults. And this is now moving rapidly into into the U.S. The other uh, aspect that we do to support patients because of demand, actually, uh, is a new business. And that is what we call the patients in waiting. If you have not found a doctor that would like to partake in digital e-health or patient engagement, we can set you up and you can be a patient in waiting until you find a physician that's willing to work with the system. The cost of the patient is 16 cents a day and uh, we have a very high stickiness rate for those who started uh, of 96% over the last two and a half years. So both, uh, both of the models have been successful. Have you any quotes that you can um, used to illustrate the words that patients use to describe the way the services work for them. Wendy? Yes. The, the two things that I think the, the patients are very happy about is the saving time and getting results. And for example, um, one of the patients have said, and I quote, I love getting the lab results. Less fear reduces anxiety for someone who has literacy issue can have someone uh, interpret these results for me. I can sit down and talk about this. This knowledge is my power. Another quote, ah. made communication with my clinic better. I feel so close to staff. I don't feel like I have to chase around to get the answers, and I'm cut off at the doctor's office. So what what people are saying is that it raises their awareness about a result, they, like everyone else, Google the result, understand what a hemoglobin is. Um, then they can ask questions about why is their hemoglobin low. Uh, the other uh, area patients have had uh, improved with is communications around medication. They leave the office and they, they suddenly wonder, should I take that pill, as the pharmacist said, just at night? Uh, I can't do this because I'm working on shift work. Should I take it in the morning when I go to bed? Important questions around compliance and adherence, which, as you know, really restores patients back to their health when 80% of the time they don't take the pills or have questions about the pills, they can now get answers about that. The other big area that the patients have really focused on, which was an aha moment, um, is about 40% have no chronic illness but a lot of questions about preparation for x-rays, uh, nuclear imaging, whether they can drive, what they can eat, how long they will be there, or why they haven't heard from a specialist. And in the, in the era of faxing, we still have about 30% of faxes that don't make it across the finish line. So people are really good at following up with just the general management of what we call the office 
uh, problems on a day-to-day basis, which really is a very difficult part of healthcare. Uh, and often the offices have four to five calls uh, with phone tag just to get one message to a patient. All of this is avoided. The patients Fabulous. also like it because they can email at their convenient time when they think of it, when they're thoughtful, and on our stats, most of this time is on a fluffy couch at 8 o'clock at night in a very thoughtful email to the doctor to ask all the questions they couldn't answer uh, in the office because they didn't know or forgot. Again, making the people feel very relaxed about a chance to, to get these questions that are important to them answered. Right. Now, you mentioned family physicians. So let's ask the question, how do the services work with and for family physicians? Wendy? Well, again, I think it's fair to say that most family physicians are very nervous about this disruptive technology. We know uh, in some situations, and this is international data, that about one in five office visits are generally avoided. This is a good thing for a lot of doctor's offices because we're always busy, we're always booked. It leaves room uh, for patients who need to come. It gets rid of the easy stuff, gives us more time for the difficult situations. Uh, It lets people know with certainty about an abnormal test so that there isn't what we call lost to follow-up. A good example would be a pregnancy test. No no office wants to get a pregnancy test on Friday morning, but now with my health, you can email the patient to tell her the good news, tell her the preparation that she needs to have and what uh, medications to avoid in her early pregnancy. So these are the kinds of things that people are being very positive with. And overall, I think physicians are very pleased uh, about it because they have clear communication with their patients. They have an audit trail for 20 years about what's being said, what's not being said. Patient loyalty has increased. Outcomes have increased. And there has been a documented reduction in um, healthcare resources, uh, unnecessary visits to emerge, necessary visits to walk-in clinics. Uh, really, once high-needs patients, high-risk patients are identified, they have an, another trusted out, outsourcing access to information and other providers. Um, this has been very important for the 6% of patients that are utilizing about 65% of healthcare costs. Uh, congestive heart failure and the elderly have really benefited. Now, you implied or said, I think, Wendy, that perhaps physicians at first were a bit nervous of this, just a little bit skittish about it, perhaps. What's the trend? Are they becoming less skittish? Is this something now that they recognize as coming, as useful, as a service? Wendy? Yes, I think all of the above. Um, I think I think the parallel uh, that I have seen is the Internet. When people began to search their symptoms on WebMD and say, Doctor, I think I have hypothyroidism because my hair is falling out and I'm sluggish and I gained weight, doctors were a little bit um, reluctant, and then people would come in with stacks of paper proving they had hypothyroidism, and the profession was how, you know, how, how should I handle this? It's a little bit of the same concern, but now uh, the younger generation is embracing uh, the digital healthcare, and they're very happy that patients are organized and that the efficiency occurs. And the vision that I would like people to understand now is the, is the tremendous opportunity 
for your family doctor uh, at a time that's convenient for you at 7 at night to Skype you on his iPad and your iPad with your family members there and see you two days after your hip surgery. And you can say, I'm doing so well, I don't need these oxycosat. And you show the doctor uh, on, your, on your pad, here they are. And you say, that's great, put them away and take Tylenol. You haven't left your home. Your daughter knows you're doing well because she's there with the mom talking to you. This is a new way of delivering health care that's really quite remarkable and terribly exciting. And real progress. And real now, different... happening now. Yes. Now, different question. How do the services protect the privacy, confidentiality, and security of patients and their personal health information? Wendy? Well, this is a very important question because in the past it was believed that if you had consent, you signed a little consent or even clicked a button and gave your consent, that everything with respect to your health records would be fine. And, in fact, it's not. And the privacy commissioners, uh, both the Ontario Privacy and Alberta commissioners, have made it very clear that if you PDF a lab report or a CAT scan that you got in Turkey and send it via Gmail to a doctor, the dangers are that the email could be altered, the email on its transition so we have an erroneous bit of information coming. The email could have an inference that's not true. The email is stored for 20 years in perpetuity on servers all over the world because it's a Gmail email, or uh, in fact that it could be hacked and read. And if you're CEO of a company and you're trying to keep an illness confidential until you decide when to step down, these are very limiting factors. So the fact that the, that the security and the privacy and where the data is stored per country uh, is now an issue must be addressed. And there are big uh, partners that are looking into this to help make the cost down to a dollar per year per patient with unlimited data storage. So players like Amazon, Google, uh, Microsoft, all are assisting to drive the cost down to just pennies a day. And this is really good for patient care. So your conv- I'm not asking you about your product or your service at the moment. I'm talking about healthcare generally. Yeah. You're confident that we're making progress in such a way that people's personal health information, kind of things you were talking about, kind of illnesses, the kind of medical history they may have, doesn't, that information doesn't get into the wrong hands so that it can be abused. That's a general question about the healthcare system. What do you think? I think that I think that we're seeing privacy violations, huge privacy violations, as we've seen with department stores uh, and industries every day. But these are less likely to occur because there are uh, systems in place to deal with the problem when it when it happens. I mean, we've seen a tremendous response to the heart bleed hacking virus that required in Canada anyway a postponement of our tax submissions for seven days. But at least we know we have surveillance systems that look for these types of attacks. And it's much better organized, if I can use that word, today than it even was five years ago. And the fact that the regulating bodies are saying it's okay to treat patients over Skype and not make them get up out of bed two days post-op with painful legs and drag themselves to the doctor's office for pain management, I mean, is eminently sensible. So I think privacy is not to be mixed up with security. Things are secure because you can't hack into them. The privacy insurers 
um, over the e-health system that we are talking to Dr. Gordon and to the patient, Dr. Wendy, and we know that we have the right people. So many, many systems and checks in place to make this better. And I think that people will have in the next five years their entire longitudinal record with every bit of data that's on them in healthcare. So if you're a young person, you're going to be born and you will have all of your screening tests that you had at birth and whether or not you have a stem cell on ice in some data lab um, to the older patient that really carries with them their bone density. That's really a very exciting prospect in some ways, a little bit alarming perhaps in other ways. But what's so very impressive, Wendy, is that you've got a service that's keeping abreast of the developments, um, that you're relying on others to keep abreast of things like security and privacy and the rest of it. And what you're doing is, if not leading, maybe you are leading, but you're certainly promoting a new way of doing healthcare, doing medicine, new ways in which patients and doctors relate to each other so that everybody benefits. So it's powerful stuff. Now, I'm going to take the break again because as I have to do this, this is one of the tyrannies of time. So we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guest is Dr. Wendy Graham. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Master your reality and manifest your desires effortlessly. Listen to The Trivetti Effect to find out how raising your level of consciousness can totally transform every aspect of your life. Hosted by Mahendra Kumar Trivedi with Trivedi Master Alice Branton. Our program will spotlight the nearly 4,000 documented scientific studies that have proven the transformational impact of this energy extends beyond humans to all living and even non-living matter. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Wendy Graham. Our topic is what family caregivers should know about digital patient engagement and why it matters. Wendy, now let's talk about the ways in which the services provided by My Health Global Systems, your company, work for family caregivers, their family members, and their family members' family physicians. So, first question, what are the particular challenges in protecting the privacy, confidentiality, and security of the personal health information of family members who are being cared for by family caregivers, and how do you overcome those challenges? Wendy? Well, I think I'd like to give a use case. I mean, it boils down to the simple answer of permission. Patients have to give permission to their family members and caregivers to read their data, um, and that is inferred in the act of medicine by all of us looking after the same patient. But if I give you an example that's kind of exciting, we had an elderly patient who was in her mid-80s who doesn't know anything about Gmail or consent, and we created a Gmail account within my health and, for lack of a better word, hung her Gmail account on, a, on the rod of a cupboard, like a coat hanger. And from the coat hanger, with the authority of her caregiver, who's taking care of her both medically and financially, we were able to add her family members, her pharmacist, her doctor, her specialist care team, and manage her in a very complex, difficult, uh, I would say a geriatric situation where she had a little bit of dementia, a little bit of high blood pressure, and a little bit of uh, depression. And by keeping all of the team informed on a daily basis in real time, we addressed this very difficult challenge of how to digitalize this person's care plan. So, and if what you did with, your, with the coat hanger is to gain her cooperation in what would otherwise have been a very difficult thing for her to understand and make a decision about. Is that well, right? The, right. So the other, the, if you think of the non-digital solution, you have a patient with a binder that has all of the team's information in it, which is still very good, and we can't ignore the paper. But technically, all that paper in the binder is now digital, and those of us who use digital vision uh, to access information know it's much faster to flip by it on an iPad than to try and turn the pages of a binder. It's a heavy binder. The, for bind, the binder is forgotten when the patient takes a trip to the hospital. And the other problem, as one of my dear patients said to me, the doctor only has four to seven minutes with the patient. The last thing he wants to do is spend a lot of time trying to flip through the binder to see a report. They're much happier looking at their screens, clicking on the pictures, reading the summaries very quickly. So ultimately, it gives more time back to the family and real-time information. Beautiful. Now, let's ask you, please, about the services and how they work for family caregivers with family members with serious physical illnesses who are being cared for at home. Well, I think that... All of us, if we take a moment to try and understand how it feels to be a family caregiver, uh, having been a family caregiver myself with my parents, um, the words trapped, frightened, helpless, uh, constant concerns all come to mind. And 
What people tell me in using this type of service is that they have real-time answers. They have the opportunity to vet and describe their situation. Um, And we have no limit on characters, no limit on the length of the story, no limit on the time you send the information to us. It may come afterwards when we're not there to answer it, but we answer in office hours. And we had to delete a feature on the system uh, which was a thank you very much for your answer and, and archive these thank yous that we were getting from patients because um, although it's important to have that, it wasn't pertinent medical information for people to skim through. So we know that really it's about access. It's about that same feeling you have when you're able to carry your phone with you in your car and know I might not call anyone, uh, but on a long trip, it's really nice to know the phone's in the car and nearby, and someone can call me if they need me, really, uh, and to tell me information, or I can pull over and call them if I need to call someone. So they feel less trapped and less frustrated. Is the key word, and I'm drawing on your point about your parallel with phones, really for family caregivers, a matter of communication? Is, is that the key to it, do you think? I think so. I mean, I think we're we're the very modern uh, situation. You know, is the IBM executive in a meeting? He can pull out a smartphone. He can online bank. He can read his personal emails. He can read his business emails. But imagine now he's looking at the blood pressure and the oxygen status of his mother, who's recovering from pneumonia, in home in another city. And he knows at that moment in time that she's doing very well, that her oxygen saturations are above 85%. She doesn't have a fever. Um, her pressure is great. And the personal support worker texts him and says, your mother had a bath and she's very comfortable and he's eaten a good breakfast. That's so reassuring. So the family caregiver just isn't at the point of care. They're all over and they all care about the people they love. So this is a very different type of communication, I think, than was the traditional go to the doctor and listen to the to the situation or go to the rehab center and listen to the situation. Similarly, you can review the reports with the rehab. Um, you can review the reports with the oncology specialist. You all have a chance to look at all this information and communicate with each other and get better answers to the questions that you have. Quick political question, Wendy, but you don't have to be an IBM executive to... <laughs> to enjoy that kind of communication. If you're a, an ordinary working mom and pop, um, you can, thanks to your system, you are able to enjoy those those connections and communications as well. That's right, isn't it? That's right. And so some people could imagine this system on Facebook. Uh, you're, pu- you're putting up information about your parents on Facebook. The difference here is that if you put your information up about your mom on Facebook, I cannot be a provider in your Facebook network and say that's great because of all the privacy issues and the regulatory issues that we just discussed. Now, much similar to Facebook, you don't have to have a wonderfully expensive iPhone, although I think most of our work will move to a larger iPhone-type device. Um, You can go online on the Internet, type in your password, just like online banking, and see all the communication and, and make your remark as well. Um, so this is, this is the kind of thing that's happening. The vignette is 
uh, someone said your mother's not feeling well, you, as the caregiver, have gone to work, text the PSW and say, does mom have a fever? The PSW says yes, takes a picture of her swollen leg. This picture is seen by the doctor. The doctor orders antibiotics and sends this message to the pharmacist, and the pharmacist has it dispensed and sends a message to the caregiver. We can deliver or you can pick it up. And the whole transaction occurred online with a record to correct any problems as opposed to the horribleness that we have of the multiple steps of calling and faxing and faxing and calling. Wow, is what I say to that. Wow. Now, Wendy, how do the services work for and with family caregivers, with family members with serious mental illnesses who are being cared for at home? Wendy? This is a wonderful question because this was an aha moment for me personally. When people have post-traumatic stress disorders, anxiety disorders, which one in three people in Canada suffer from, they're able to report in their own words at any time when they're frightened at night or unhappy about the darkness, a very lengthy message to the office or to the provider that they want to understand how they're feeling. And frequently people are not able to verbalize this, they can't uh, really uh, take the time to do it. And the, what we saw coming back um, were very long, wonderful descriptions of their feelings and thoughts that ended in sentences like, please don't answer this. It was just so great to tell you. So imagine yourself locked in a ship in the middle of the ocean and your sailboat uh, has lost its motor and lost its rigging and your only connection to the outside world is through the internet. This is how patients feel trapped in mental illness. And now we see warning systems and warning signs so we can see if they're doing well, if they're in the green zone and the medication is working, or we can see online the deterioration um, or or the great stress, or in fact, texting to say, I can't control myself, I'm going to do something I don't want to do. So interventions can happen. I must say on the other side, we have promoted this system very clearly, not as an emergency system. We cannot, as providers, look after people 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but we do respond in real-time office hours. And yet, Almost all of us who are using the system have responded to patients on Christmas Day. True story, a patient emailed on my health to say, I'm not a patient on my health, but this is a situation. I'm in a remote uh, location. I think this is happening. People answered that person not, again, um, as their doctor, but as uh, a good-natured person assisting them and made some phone calls, gave them some numbers to call, and got them out of really tough situations internationally. So we've seen exciting, compassionate uses for people who are stuck, despite the caveat um, that we answer these messages during office hours as regular visits, usually during two business days. So we know the system works well, and we know people are really grateful. So it's a kind of caring that combats the isolation, loneliness, and the effect on mood that that has for people who have the kind of mental illness 
if that's the right word, that you were talking about, the mental health condition. So in other words, it's it's connecting in such a way that people aren't isolated. Is that right? Well, they feel less isolated, and that's the one direction communication. And now the other directional communication that we're embarking on for serious mental illness that is equally exciting is um, basically coaching uh, along the lines of mindfulness or being able to talk to your inner voice and these are exercises that are pushed each day to the patient with serious mental illness. And your audience will laugh, but some of them are as simple as humming, ABC, not the words, but focusing on humming. And they have a tremendous documented improvement in brain function and calming exercises. So, again, the patient is less isolated, they're able to perform simple tasks, and they can be as simple as humming or going to participate online uh, with patients like you uh, in group therapy. So patients like yourself can actually have a chance to listen to the instructor or have some free discussion when you're feeling quite blue. All of the techniques, of uh, which there are many, you can pick and choose what's best for you and the times that work best for you. Some people with serious mental illness are nighthawks. Other people are trying to stop eating so that they don't suffer from obesity and diabetes. Other people smoke too much, and there are smoke te- uh, uh, cessation techniques because usually mental illness results in coping strategies that sometimes aren't really the best for your health. Right. Very exciting because that's becoming part of the treatment, isn't it, what you're doing? It's holistic. It's holistic. holistic. It's not just one bit. And people can measure. As I say to my patients, who in the world would go on a diet and not get on a weigh scale? (laughs) Yes, very good. Now, we're going to have to take the break again, so let's do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Dr. Wendy Graham. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Master your reality and manifest your desires effortlessly. Listen to The Trivetti Effect to find out how raising your level of consciousness can totally transform every aspect of your life. Hosted by Mahendra Kumar Trivedi with Trivedi Master Alice Branton. Our program will spotlight the nearly 4,000 documented scientific studies that have proven the transformational impact of this energy extends beyond humans to all living and even non-living matter. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. 
If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Wendy Graham. Our topic is what family caregivers should know about digital patient engagement and why it matters. Let's talk about the things now, Wendy, please, that you would like to do to expand the services of My Health Global Systems, your company. What more would you like to do to expand the services for patients with serious illnesses who are living at home? Wendy? Well, I think, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, you have to incentivize the, the providers to do this new and adopt this new technology. So payment uh, is critical, and kudos to Atna that have decided to make payment a regular part of e-health uh, healthcare for patients. The second important thing is to have governments share with the patients, with the population, all of the data that they have for 10 to 15 years in large data repositories. Every province in Canada has labs, has x-rays, has all the dispensed medication for each of us by every physician. I want to hook up to my data at the government and receive reminders on a regular basis digitally in partnership with my doctor so that population health, which is the new buzzword, is addressed. If we're going to save money in a healthcare system that's not sustainable, we need to do things differently. So we need to invest in a system for every dollar spent, we save 10. This is possible with the new e-health mantra and interoperability. So in the future, if we can cut back one visit in five to the physician's office, we don't spend money on a drug, we don't spend money on a payment to a physician, we often don't spend money on a lab test or an x-ray that sometimes providers, sometimes providers feel obligated to give. There are other ways of dealing with this. And I would think that we could move money from the silo uh, of, of this type of interaction to e-health and perhaps give uh, mobile devices or iPads and payments uh, with, with phone companies such as Bell, Rogers, Verizon. Give them data packs for healthcare. The seriously ill need uh, additional services and provision of services in a way that will make their life better. So, Hi, I'm, Wendy, I'm just going to stop you there because of the time constraint because I want to take you to the next question. Apologies right. for doing that. But no problem. No. What more would you like to do to expand the services for family caregivers caring for family members, you know, with serious illnesses who are living at home? Wendy? I would like to invite every family caregiver that has a patient and that, or a loved one they're caring for to hit the support line on my health and ask us to help you get organized to support your loved one with a digital health system. Depending on the situation that you're in, we will be able to provide various levels of support, but we would be very pleased to look at that and help your loved one be involved uh, and, and really connect you properly to the circle of care. Now, I'm going to ask you 
to say what your message is for family caregivers about digital patient engagement and why it matters. What do you want family caregivers to take away from listening to you now about digital patient engagement for the, their lives, for the people they're caring for, for the challenges they meet, and for their interaction with the healthcare system? Wendy? Well, first of all, I, I have some inkling of how frustrated family caregivers are and how difficult it is to exist in the healthcare system for many reasons. But I think patient engagement uh, and family caregivers being involved in their, in their family's health care is critical because research shows that a more engaged patient has better health care experiences, better health care outcomes, a safer uh, life, and a happier life. You will have a much better quality if you're able to fully engage and protect yourself by keeping your family's data nearby in real time and communicate in real time with the healthcare system. And I think it's a call to action to all family caregivers to get ahead of this movement and get involved. Going to take you a step further down that particular road. Uh, getting people involved um, involves people who are caring for their family members where family caregiver and family member are living at home. But as you've made clear before, there are family caregivers caring for family members who are many, many, many miles away, across continents even. What's your message for the people whose family members are a long way away? The system uh, that has interoperability, that allows you to be connected to the care team and the circle of care can be done digitally, and they are as important in, in the coaching and support and partnership in healthcare as the member that's at home. The member that is home may have higher needs, feel more frustrated, more often trapped, but the support of the other member who's reading the information at the same time is, is just wonderful. Um, it's like a blanket group email that you all get uh, and have had for social situations, only this time it helps with the quality and the caring and the support and really powerful decision-making. Now, what about communities, immigrant communities, faith-based communities, and, and communities that um, maybe don't, maybe speak a different language? How does um, your system, what's your message for people about what your system does for them? I think it's, I think it's critical to understand that healthcare is very much a cultural thing, and that what's acceptable in one culture may not be acceptable in another. So we need more access to this type of healthcare giving in 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 languages that people find that they're most comfortable speaking. So Cantonese, Chinese, Ukrainian, French. Spanish, or all languages uh, that are easily uh, translated uh, with a push of a button in systems such as this. And that we find there is a demand. We have, have used um, all the languages and are about to move to Spanish. So the actual encounter for a video encounter can be done in the native language, uh, and the messages can be in the native languages or in English. It depends on the team's need. Right. And the technology... You're already embracing it. I can hear that in what you're saying. Yeah. Now, Wendy, unfortunately, we've come to the end of this powerful, wonderful 
episode of Family Caregivers Unite by your spelling out a future which is actually now with us. You're doing these things. These are, uh, forgive me, not some pie in the sky. This is what technology is doing and will do more of and is spreading and is winning support and is solving problems and is helping people with major challenges. So all I can say to you is please keep up the work because it matters to us all. And if I can give you any more help by enticing you to come on another episode of Family Caregivers Unite, I'm going to do that. Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics. Or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, our next episode will be Life Recovery, the Bible and Spirituality. Please join us. Same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.